Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. Never have I felt a stronger feeling of being unwelcome in a place. It felt like we hit a barrier. A few seconds after I turned around, I heard a big footstep off to my right. It was a big snap of a branch that had been on the ground already, maybe 25, 30 yards away. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you two true tales and a listener voicemail that will frighten and disturb. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. And once again at the top, just a quick mention to help us out by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Each new episode of Disturbed drops Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific where you can listen along and live chat during the episode with other listeners. We'll also be releasing standalone single stories from the show for easy sharing. So go subscribe at youtube.com slash at disturbed podcast, or you can find the link in the show notes. Help us grow the channel. Now let's get into the horror. We open the show hearing from Reddit user Not Isuna, featuring voice work by Matt Bradford, and we have an experience in the Canyonlands. My girlfriend and I were visiting the Arches and Canyonlands area for the weekend. We ended up heading out pretty late from the Moab to get into the Canyonlands, about a 45 to one hour drive. A few years previous, I'd gone there myself and stayed until the moonrise because that meant people were leaving, and as a field recordist, that meant a quiet environment to record in. That night in 2020, the moon was bright and there were a few photographers there I ended up hanging out with, and it was a generally surreal experience. I felt completely safe hoping to have a similar time with my girlfriend along for the ride, and forgetting the fact that maybe the clouds would largely block the moonlight that night, I drove us up. It was pretty dark before we even made it 15 minutes along the drive there. Having been there, or more specifically the Mesa Arch, twice before, and this being a borderline spiritual place for me, I didn't even think about danger or anything of the sort. Despite that, I had a sixth sense type of gut feeling pretty early on that we shouldn't head up there that night. Not wanting to freak myself out or my girlfriend, I didn't say anything or think much of it. I chalked it up to just being nervous because it was dark. There was a certain vibe along the roads leading up. We noticed that people were leaving the park, but no one was coming in ahead of us or behind us. The instinct to not continue hit me subtly a few more times, but I kept pushing it away like an idiot. 
I've been very familiar with these instincts over the past years, and they, they've served me well, as far as I can tell. And I think I genuinely thought I was just scared because it was the dark. We ended up at the Mesa Arch parking lot, where two cars were packing up and heading out. When they left, it was almost completely dark, with only the faintest glow of the moon through the clouds, not a person around anywhere near us. Canyonlands is pretty remote. We get our backpacks on and grab a couple things, and my girlfriend makes sure I've got my CCW. She doesn't usually care much, so this struck me as an indication that she was maybe concerned too. We start heading up. Now, it's a pretty short trail, maybe a quarter mile. All we wanted to do was get to this little bowl-like area, the main destination, and hang out and record some sounds. Well, the area is pretty open, with trees both live and dead scattered around, and bushes and small cacti and rocky slopes that can be climbed in a few seconds. It's a pretty dope scene in the daytime. I've never felt uneasy here previously. We'd been doing a bit of travel vlogging so far, so I continued to do that. I genuinely get goosebumps and chills every single time I think about this part. I mean, it was the weirdest feeling I've never felt. I felt instinctually like I should get out of here or I'm being watched type of feelings before and I had several stories to tell from those. I've never felt what I felt while vlogging. This might not seem relevant, but for context, the field recording I do is largely of gathering wood and rock sounds. Canyonlands has Navajo sandstone and juniper wood, both of which sound wonderful when tumbled and rolled around. I think of field recording as an art, yes, but also as a way to appreciate a land in a closer way, rather than just taking pictures of it. I feel like I'm capturing the essence of a location in a very respectful way. As I'm vlogging, I felt something I can only describe as the need to show that I was there peacefully and with respectful intent. I didn't hear anything or see anything that would indicate that I needed to show that I was here a peaceful business, but I felt it so strongly. Again, I don't want to scare my girlfriend, so I didn't say this. I figured I was just feeling on edge being in near complete darkness. We could barely see our own feet on the easy open trail. We kept our lamps off to let our eyes adjust to the glow, but I turned mine on to read a plaque. The girlfriend mentioned I should probably turn it off so I don't create shadows and freak us out, so I turned it back off. I also felt like I was spotlighting myself by having it on, and I was about to turn it back off before she said that. We continued, and the uneasiness only grew. This lasted until we both reached the same exact spot on the trail and stopped at the same time, in silence. I think we should go back, my girlfriend said, and I agreed. Never have I felt a stronger feeling of being unwelcome in a place. It felt like we hit a barrier. Not only did I feel unwelcome, it was more particularly the feeling of intruding on a congregation or a meeting or a gathering that we were not invited to. I don't know how to describe this feeling at all besides that. It was not a conscious thought. It was just there, as these kind of instincts tend to be. At that point, I realized I'd been ignoring these feelings long enough, and it was most certainly time to go. I have no idea what was going on in that little bowl we were about to reach, but I did not want to find out. We made our way quickly back to the car. As soon as we got back, we hear a large pack of coyotes quite nearby, but in the opposite direction we'd been heading on the trail. If we'd continued on that trail, it was not coyotes we would have run into. Still, this felt like an additional cue to leave. My girlfriend said, that's our cue. I badly wanted to record their yips, but common sense took over and we got the hell out of there. The road, completely devoid of any sign of other people, was particularly eerie. 
Driving back wasn't just trying to get back to our campsite in Moab. It felt like we were escaping, like when you turn off the lights and run up the stairs. Now relatively safe in our car, we discussed what had just happened. Every single unspoken, strong gut feeling I had had, my girlfriend had felt the exact same things at the exact same times. We both felt the need to show something as someone that we meant no harm by vlogging and to be chill outwardly. We both felt multiple times on the drive there or on the trail that we shouldn't go. And we both felt the same times that we were like actors on a stage being watched by a multitude of something. We both felt unwelcome, like we were crashing a party. We felt the need that we needed to go at the same exact point on the trail. None of these were spoken aloud to each other at any point until we were back on the road GTFOing. As we drove, the moon became visible for a bit. I'm not familiar with moon stuff, but it had been a full moon a few days before. And that night it was large, not full though, and red. This was because of the red sand in the air from the windy day we'd had, I think. My girlfriend said that it also meant bad juju. Looking into the history of the region, and even the stories of strange happenings at Mesa Arch, I am sure we avoided something strange and or dangerous. You're listening to Disturbed from Disturbed Media. Next up, we have a listener voicemail from Karen, and she explains some terrifying sleep paralysis experiences. Hi, Chad. My name is Karen, and a quick background on me. I live in Southern California. I lived in Orange County my whole life until I moved to LA County about five years ago. And just a little bit of background information on my uh, house. So my old house was very haunted. My whole family and I experienced a lot of paranormal um, hauntings as well as ghost sightings. And apparently we've been told that the owners who used to live there before us, the previous owners, sorry, they used to practice black magic. And apparently they cursed anybody who would move into the house no matter who it was, that they would not live a happy life and they will not know peace. And so through a couple, through the 20-something years that we lived there, we did experience a lot of terrible things. And fortunately, we were all able to move out. And the only reason I bring this up is because I feel like whatever was there got attached to me and my family and is now haunting us in our new homes. So five years ago, when I moved in with my boyfriend, now husband, we moved into an apartment and it was just us two. We didn't have roommates and we were the only ones that had keys to our house. I just want to uh, make the connection from the Hatman episode by Kayla. I've experienced sleep paralysis before. I haven't seen a Hatman, but I've experienced sleep paralysis before. And the first time that I did experience it, it was truly terrifying because my husband worked overnights and I would be asleep by 10 o'clock. So he would go in at six, come home at 6 a.m. So the first time that it happened, I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak. And so that freaked me out. And I was just so tense. It felt like something was um, over me. Something heavy was just covering me. And I heard the door unlocked. And I just thought to myself, 
how can that be my husband if he literally just left half an hour ago? And as that happens, I hear these footsteps that come into the hallway and stop at our bedroom door. I'm trying to grasp what's going on. I'm trying to wake up. And the moment I wake up, I just run up to the door, the front door, and I make sure that everything's locked. And luckily it was, I always lock my doors before I go to sleep but I just wanted to make sure. And I just sat on the bed thinking, how in the hell did that happen? What just happened? And progressively, it got worse. Days go by and I'm experiencing it probably every other night. And the second most terrifying experience I had was when I was taking a nap and my husband was at work and I just heard the footsteps. And this time they came into the room and they stopped at the end of my bed. And I already knew I was going through sleep paralysis, so I'm trying to do everything to wake up. I'm trying to wake up my toes. I'm trying to tell myself it's a dream, it's a dream. It's gonna pass real soon. And all of a sudden, I feel that whatever it is or was starts climbing into bed next to me. And I'm trying to move and I can't. And I'm trying to yell and I can't. And in my head, I'm telling this thing, you're not my husband. You need to get the F out. And as that happens, I just feel that it got angry and it got on top of me and it started choking me. I don't know what it was. I couldn't see what it looked like because I obviously couldn't open my eyes. So I just start praying. And as I'm praying, it starts choking me even harder. And at the end of my prayer, I wake up and I'm gasping for air. And I call my husband and I let him know what happened. He just told me, that he'll stay on the phone with me until he gets home. And I ended up pregnant about two, three years later. I'm still having the sleep paralysis dreams, but this was the third incident where it was truly terrifying as well. I woke up and I'm in a dark basement. And in this basement, it's slimy, it has green slime everywhere. There's black mold and there's just spirits that are floating, walking around that are lost, they're moaning. If you've ever seen Hercules, it looked like that. And I noticed that I'm tied up to a broken wooden chair. And I just thought to myself, you need to wake up, Karen, you need to wake up. Something bad is really gonna happen. And these two guys come up to me and one of them gets in my face and I'm crying. I'm trying to wake up, I'm frightened. He looks me straight in the eyes and he says, do you wanna know what's haunting you? Now, if that's not scary enough, what was even more scary was the fact that he was speaking to me in tongues, but I understood it in English. And I was just trying to process everything that was going on in that moment. And at the same time, wake up. And when that guy leaves, another guy appears from the darkness and he walks up to me. And I'm assuming this is the guy that's haunting me. And he just opens his mouth widely like super wide, kind of like the in Beetlejuice. I think it's the the mom whose mouth gets like really open. It looked like that and cytoplasm started coming out from his mouth and he was vigorously vomiting. Sorry, he was throwing up in my mouth and I'm just crying. I feel my tears rolling down my cheeks as I'm trying to wake up. And the minute that he stops, I wake up and I, I'm gasping for air. I am freaking out. I wake up my husband 
and I get mad because I asked him, why didn't you hear me? And he said, I didn't hear anything. So he just held me and comforted me. And I was more scared because I was pregnant and I just didn't want whatever this was harming my baby. So I had my baby, everything was good. And a year later I had my second baby. So now fast forward to 2023, I had my baby five months ago and I had another sleep paralysis incident, which happened probably a couple weeks ago where I was putting my kids to sleep in our bed. I put the white noise I say it's for them, but it's mostly for me. I don't like sleeping in the dark and I don't like sleeping in silence. So we sleep with that and I wake up or I think I wake up and it's dark, super dark. And I hear a dog growling and I already knew I was having sleep paralysis. So as I hear the dog growling, I'm praying. And as I start praying, I see these two long claws reach out from under the bed and grab my kids. And as I'm yelling and praying, I grab my kids. The dog's growling and barking, and it's getting louder and louder as I get to the end of my prayer. And when I finish, I wake up, I gasp really loudly. The white noise is still on, the nightlight is still on, and my kids are sound asleep. I call my sister and I asked her to pray with me and comfort me because my husband wasn't home at the time, he was at work. And I just couldn't go back to sleep. I literally had to listen to hymns and Christian songs. It was just really terrifying because I have no idea why this is happening to me. I have no idea why I'm getting these. I've lost so much sleep because of these experiences. And I'm pretty sure there's someone, there's people out there that are going through the same thing as me. And we just, we want answers. And just a couple nights ago, I had another sleep paralysis experience, except this time it was my mom. I knew I was having sleep paralysis because I felt that dread feeling. But then I felt a warm sensation and someone standing next to me, but I wasn't scared. And it was my mom. And she said in Spanish, daughter, I just want to let you know that I prayed for you and your family and you guys are going to be okay. Nothing is going to touch you. Nothing is going to harm you. I just want you to go to sleep and get some rest. I love you and I'll see you soon. And I cried because I was so happy. I'm just glad it was my mom. Now, I don't know if you guys believe in astral projection. I've never experienced it. I don't know if my mom's ever experienced it or done it, but I know for sure it was her. And that's all I have. I don't, I'm just hoping that I don't have any more sleep paralysis experiences where I'm really scared that I just can't go to sleep for days straight and I hope that they get better or at least that they go away but once again Chad thank you for um, your podcast it keeps me busy at work and I hope to uh, hear more scary stories pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 3AM, the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to hear stories about demonic possessions, 
prison stabbings, skinwalkers, glitches in the Matrix, cult leaders, missing 411, night marchers, Operation Paperclip, Mesopotamian devil worship, and so many monsters it'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money. Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic. A camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place. We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3AM, the comedy horror podcast, not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go. Listen to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. It's a fun show about weird stuff. New episodes every Wednesday, ya eggheads. I'm Art. And I'm Andy. And Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time is a podcast about conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, unsolved mysteries. We're, we're going to be discussing the Kennedy assassinations. Oh, yeah. That's his nickname, Finger Banging Bob Lazar. Give me some aliens with some good frickin' spacecraft. The whole enchilada. <laughs> the only thing bigger than Bigfoot's feet are our egos. If you like simulation theory, ancient history, egghead science, and Mandela effect, that kind of stuff. So check it out. New episodes every Wednesday. All the links you need on MrBunkersConspiracyTime.com. And we'll see you in the bunker. You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror. And we close out the show with a Reddit experience featuring voice work by John Patnode. And something makes itself known. Before I start, I want to acknowledge that it's likely this was just a mountain lion. Either way, it's one of the scariest things that has happened to me in the woods. In early March of 2021, I was just barely recovering from a significant concussion enough to where I could drive again. I still couldn't work for another few weeks and couldn't look at screens or even read, so... I was spending plenty of time just going on short walks and such to pass the time in ways that didn't aggravate my head. I went to a small trailhead I hadn't been to before. If it weren't for the trees, I think houses about half a mile away or less wouldn't have been visible from the parking lot, so I wasn't exactly deep in the wilderness. I had a weird feeling I shouldn't go. I was alone, but as always, I was armed with my CCW and figured I was just being goofy because it was a dreary, cloudy day with some chill and a slight breeze. I approached the trailhead feeling very strange, like I really shouldn't be there. I saw a single car in the parking area and figured that maybe since a previous car of mine had been broken into at a trailhead a few years previously, I was worried it would happen again with my car now being the only other one up there. I backed in and hung out for a few minutes. Two dudes with fishing poles came from the left, where I couldn't see but could clearly hear a rushing river. They got in their car and left, and my I shouldn't be here sense persisted. Being an idiot, I still got out and headed up the trail. I had no idea how long it was or where it went, but I didn't really intend on going the full way unless it was short, I just wanted to walk for a while outdoors. The trees hadn't gotten their leaves back and it was a dreary day as I mentioned earlier, but that doesn't normally put me on edge. As I walked, the strong feeling to turn back got more and more obvious. I felt myself glancing all over, literally constantly. It wasn't even fun anymore to be up there. It's only been a couple minutes too, I mean, the feeling of dread was so immediately strong I could still see my car in the parking lot when I finally decided it was time to go because 
it has gotten that strong so quickly. I turned around, hand on my pistol in its holster, and stopped to listen. A few seconds after I turned around, I heard a big footstep off to my right. It was a big snap of a branch that had been on the ground already, maybe 25, 30 yards away. I'm not sure if it matters that the branch was already on the ground. Other than that, I know it wasn't deadfall. I've been working in audio for way too long and can tell a lot about an event simply by how it sounds. That might sound silly, but it's important to know that I could 100% tell it was a footstep that had, likely accidentally, stepped on a branch that was already present on the forest floor. I waited for a second or two after this big snap to head out. I looked over the place I'd come from, able to see what felt like a decent amount because of the lack of leaves on the trees, but I couldn't see anything that looked alive. Not wanting to trigger a pursuit instinct in whatever it was, I started walking down the trail. I had my sidearm in hand, drawn at that point. My car wasn't far, and I'm a naturally fast walker, so this seems like the best course of action. I got back to my car in a minute or two, and heard nothing at all besides the nearby river rushing by. Having parked into my spot, I started my car and put it in drive, but had my foot on the brakes. I wanted to see if anything came into sight, and then peel out of there if so. Nothing ever showed itself. Not that I could see anyways. As I left the area, the dreadful feeling went away, and I had a normal rest of my day, but shaken up a little. I don't know what it was, and I don't make any claims. As I mentioned earlier, at the very beginning, it was probably a mountain lion, as this occurred near the Box Elder area of Utah, and they're often seen even coming down into the cities, so one still in the mountains but only a half mile from some fancy houses probably isn't too strange. Either way, a few things still strike me to this day. 1. Whatever it was, clearly knew it had revealed itself when it stepped on the branch, and was smart enough to recognize I immediately looked in its general direction as a result. The fact that something saw me, saw me notice its mistake, and that I still saw absolutely nothing in turn during the middle of the day still freaks me out. Mountain lions are notorious for their natural camouflage, so this still tracks. Two. The sense of dread before I even got to the trailhead. I felt this a few times, as you might see in my other post in r slash the truth is here, but even then, I didn't feel the same dread like I did here on this little trail. I knew I was going to be in danger, then ignored that, and then knew there were eyes on me by something I couldn't see myself. Then that instinctual knowledge was confirmed when there was very clearly a large step taken among the trees to my right. I have a handful of stories similar to this that are also 100% real things that have happened to me that I think I'll try to post someday. I keep running into similar situations because I keep going out when I have the sense I should not. Someday, I will learn. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. A big shout out to our newest plus members, Jasmine B, Kieran Foster, Jennifer Paulson, and Larissa Klein. 
If you enjoyed the show, consider joining Plus for ad-free listening and bonus episodes at disturbedpodcast.com slash plus. But if you can't, consider leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite listening platform. Share your own true horror story at disturbedpodcast.com. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio and Co.ag. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all.